0: Huge. I've been looking at the game time rankings all year and I don't think they should have been ahead of us and it's really nice to finally prove to everyone that we deserve to be ahead of them. <laughs> Beware Where's the, the dog? dog
1: Beware the Dog Is that you <laughs> We love eating bats! Hello everybody and welcome once again to the Long Stick Podcast, your weekly dose of high school lacrosse in Connecticut from Game Time CT. We were actually off last week. It's been kind of busy. Teams are playing back-to-back, all over the place. Coaches are busy. It's hard to get anyone nailed down, but uh, it was a great week of lacrosse, uh, especially on Saturday. Um, I got to see Darianne take on Fairfield Prep. We'll talk a little bit about that. I got Ridgefield versus Staples. Staples coming away with a big win there. And uh, it's just really busy all across the board as we head down to this, the postseason. I, you know, I can't believe it's here already. Joining me this week is Dave Stewart. Our own Dave Stewart covers Girls Across for Game Time CD. That's right. We're going to talk about the girls. We haven't done a lot of girls. We need to get a little bit of talking about them. Dave's your guy on that. And joining us a little bit later on in the show is going to be Kristen Woods of the new, number one ranked New Canaan Girls Across team. Six state championships. So no better. Who better? They've beaten Darianne twice. We'll talk all about that, and she can kind of give us a rundown on what's what and girls lacrosse. Joining us also a little bit later on the show is Dan Orestia, who's been you know Mr. Lacrosse from New Canaan. He's working with DAF Media of Darianne. They do a great job. He's the guru uh, of, of local lacrosse, and he's going to give us a little give us a little taste of what he thinks is uh, what's to look for as this postseason. As we head to the postseason and boys' lacrosse, and then we're going to talk a little bit of NCAA lacrosse. NCAA lacrosse this year, the, the national championships will be at East Hartford Memorial Day weekend. So that should be great. We're going to talk to him about some of the Connecticut guys we got to look for, out for as the quarterfinals get going this this uh, this week this weekend. So uh, Dan, Dan's your guy on that, and as well as Dave's too. Dave, how you doing? I'm of course I'm your host Sean Patrick Boyle. I Forgot myself. How you doing, man? What's up? Thanks for joining us.
2: We're all right, Sean. It's been it's been a quick, quick spring. Just like you know, it just it's amazing how quickly it goes. There's so many teams and and so much going on that uh, before you blink, it's gone.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll delve into the girls in a little bit, but let's just quickly jump back at the boys. You know, I saw Darianne against Fairfield Prep on Saturday. You know, you figure number one team, number three team. You think Fairfield Prep is gonna you know maybe show up, but we know they they're a young team. But Darianne just kind of blew him out of the water. I mean, I, we'll talk to Dan a little bit later about the about the blue wave, but I don't know, Dave. Uh, I mean, y- you would think that they're really anxious to, to prove something here, Darianne, and uh, they've just been dominant. You've seen them a few times.
2: Yeah, and it's, it's interesting because one of the things that Jeff Brameyer uh, pointed out at the beginning of the year, of course, the head coach and Darianne, uh, was that th- there wasn't that same, um, you know, uh, flow from one season to the next and that things that he didn't have to do in the past kids, you know, kids knew it coming into the season or coming into the preseason and he had to teach some of that stuff. So they felt like they were a little behind the eight ball to start the season. And I suppose everybody was, but you thought might, that might make them a little ripe for an upset or, you know, somebody maybe really, really taking them on and beating them, but they haven't been touched this year. They, they, have they've just, they've looked great from day one and, and really handled, Everybody that's come along so far. Yeah. We'll see if they can carry that into the postseason, which is yeah. a different animal. Of course
1: I mean, look, they're the odds-on favorite. I don't think that's a secret right now. I mean, they're the—they took Brunswick to the brink. They actually had a, a couple three-goal leads on them, and Brunswick's—you know—up there as well. So Darian is up there as well. Demopolis, the defense is great. The attack is great. The midfielders—they just do everything right. You know, and the Fogo uh, Ty Comiskey, you know—punishing Fairfield Prep kids on the. If you watch our highlights on gametimect.com, just punishing once they got down one nothing they scored a goal and then ty just just laid a kid out and uh that's the kind of guy you want as a i mean Dariana didn't have a great folk uh, a face-off guy in 2019 when they won the state championship so yes. you know i got one you know and it's very interesting we'll have to see about them as mike Fornabio, who's usually on with us says uh most teams have threatened to make a game of it with the blue wave more than they've actually made a game of it so that's a great great line by mike Fornabio And uh they got Darian. I'm sorry, they got New Canaan tomorrow, Thursday. We're recording this on a Wednesday night. They got New Canaan tomorrow. They they beat they beat them up the last time, 15 to 6 at Darianne. Now we go to New Canaan. This is the, the game that they picked up, I think. Right. And
2: uh yeah, this is it, the non-conference one. Yeah.
1: Right. So, you know, not as a big huge factor, but at least we can see where New Canaan uh, you know, now ranked number two. They they lost to Brunswick, but they defeated Glassmere and they defeated Nark. Now they get uh, now they get the uh, the Blue Wave at their place, and we'll see how how mature. I mean, we, when we talked to Chris Canet uh, a few weeks ago, he was like, and they beat Ridgefield. Chris Canet was like, look, we're raring to go. We're ready to make this do something here. I don't know if they're at Darian's caliber, but it would be nice to see if Chris and the guys can pick it up, and uh, that'd be great for the Rams. But They're number two ranked this week. We got number three, Fairfield Prep. We mentioned hung around a little bit. They went down 6-1, didn't fold. So that was a good sign for Fairfield Prep. We'll see what they have in the playoffs coming up. Number four in the top 10 is Staples. Jumping over Wilton and Richfield uh, for the first time. And uh, Aiden Best was absolutely brilliant in that fourth quarter against Richfield. Richfield, a little banged up. Let's be honest. A little banged up. Kai Prochaska out indefinitely with the uh, broken hand, uh, the broken wrist going to North Carolina. He's a difference maker uh, down to the wire there, but a big one for Staples who got there, had their share of injuries best was out early in the year. And then their, uh, their goalie JP Kozakowski was make was great. I mean, yeah, he said he didn't have a great game, but he was great when they needed him to be, especially in the final closing is two huge saves and Staples wins for not just themselves, but they also win for uh Will Kashansky, the head coach, and his newborn son, Tripp, who attended his first lacrosse game. If you're going to go to lacrosse, your first lacrosse game, that's a great one to go. He brought him on the field. The kids are all psyched up. Staples psyched up. Very quickly, here is Aiden Best, who scored four goals, had three assists, and I think three of his goals came in the fourth quarter and two of his assists. He was ridiculous, including the winner to Berger, who was great too, with three, with three goals, Charlie Howard. Staples on the move. And they're going to wrap up Saturday at New Canaan. They're playing St. Joseph as we're talking right now. Um, so we'll, we'll see what the records are all about so far. So good. Then you had number five, Wilton. Big, big win with Hughes scoring the winner. You know, Greenwich goes and ties the game late. Wilton gets the, the winner by a, Will Hughes. They're rolling right now. They defeat Guilford and they defeat Ward 15 to 10. Tricky team, Wilton. I, I don't. They were once two and three. Not quite the one and eight they were two years ago. But, you know, I don't know what to make a Wilton. They're they're interesting. I don't know. What have you seen? Have you seen them yet?
2: They, You know, a Wilton's one of those teams, though, that and you're, you're right. Tricky the good word for them because they tend to start out in the season. You look like, oh, well, this is going to be a down year from them. And then at the end of the year, they tend to, to come on strong and they do well. I mean, they beat Darianne in the, um, I think it was the 2019 uh, FCX yeah. semifinals. So that was a strong finish for them. And they, they looked good going into the States. So, You know, it's one of those things that no matter what Wilton's record is, you kind of look at them and say, you know what, they're Wilton. You don't want to, you don't want to sell them short. And the interesting thing is they're going to have, they're going to host, I believe, Fairfield prep on Saturday. Um, That's at seven o'clock Saturday night game. So that could tell a lot for both teams really. Yeah. I would put them on a a
1: pretty similar level. I'd love to see that game. Probably not going to make it. I have a thing, but uh, you know, nine goals in the last nine games, they're turning it on much like they did in 19. They don't have as much of a, Hill to climb, so they're probably going to get a higher seed in the FCAC. Number six, Ridgefield, you know, been tough for them. I mean, obviously they have the Colzies who have been great, and you know, Winkler great, and their 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 goalie Shepherd has been was pretty good in that Staples game. He's been he had a rough game against uh against New Canaan a few weeks ago, but I think mm-hmm. they just kind of caught New Canaan at a really bad time. Losing Prohaska really hurts coach Roy is really trying to figure out what they have I wouldn't be shocked to see them pull off a few surprises here in the postseason but right now they're really kind of doing a little bit of soul, little bit of soul searching and then number seven Greenwich you know they win the FCAC West which was great since they were in quarantine tough losing to Welton, but they they take out Ludlow, which has been tough this year beat Norwalk beat Grant Danbury they're sitting there at number seven Greenwich 10 and four, not bad. And then there's number eight, New Fairfield, just played its quarterfinal game. They just uh, destroyed Bethel, New Fairfield, in the SWC quarterfinals. They were the heavy favorite there. They were mm-hmm. supposed to uh, retire C.J. Costabile's number, you know, the great, you know, great long stick midi for Duke, legend, won the national championship in 2010 with that great shot right off the draw. Uh, they were supposed to retire his number. He couldn't make it because they had to reschedule. So they're going to try and find another time to do that at some point in the future. Um, then just quickly to wrap it up, Cheshire hangs in there. They're going to play Greenwich on Thursday, just a little bit after the dairy end. New Canaan game starts really anxious to see what Cheshire has. You know, they, they've been beat up a little bit by the teams that are in the top 10 and the number 10 Weston somehow staying in the top 10 after losing to Barlow and losing to Newtown, Newtown's not bad, neither is Barlow, but still hanging in there in the top 10. So we'll see what Weston, Newtown and Barlow have for new Fairfield and the rest of the waterfowl so that's basically the top 10 we brought up some of the big games i think we're going to bring out our our first guest i can actually say that this time for our first guest dan arrestia of daf media and everything mr lacrosse will bring him on right now joining us on the show is of course mr lacrosse himself dan arrestia dan uh mr new can he was at new cannon he coached at Darien, and he's now an analyst and he, he writes for lacrosse flash and inside lacrosse Anything about lacrosse, especially in Connecticut and Northeast, he's your guy to talk to. Dan, thanks for giving us a little time here at Game Time CT. Welcome.
0: Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, there's not too many of us out there who are New Canaan guys who coached at Darien. That line doesn't get crossed all that often. So I like to think I'm getting close to being unique. I don't know if I'm one of one, but there's not too many of them.
1: Yeah, no, well, we appreciate it. Listen, I mean what can you say about this uh this boys across season i mean you've seen darian you were at the prep game with us and uh and i saw you on the tweet machine sitting there going this might be the best game all day and prep goes up one nothing and you're like all right all right here we go next thing you know well six goals darian could complete control prep hangs around but you know what you, what did you take out of that game and what do you think of darian i mean th- it just doesn't seem like anybody in the CIA is going to touch him this year. I mean, Wilton hung around in there, but it, they're just, they're just so good. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. My best game of the day was a little tongue in cheek jab at the, at the NCAA tournament starting on the same day as the Darien prep game. You know, like the, (laughs) the the season, the season's been obviously a little different. Um, I think we're all, you know, we're all thrilled that it's happening at all, that it's, it's great to have the kids on the field playing. Um, There's so many good kids out there to get a chance to watch. So Um, you know, happy to be able to go see some of these games when it comes to Darien, uh, you know, you mentioned Wilton, and I think they kind of gave you the formula a little bit, um, which was, you know, early in that game, they tried to dictate pace a little bit by playing a little more slowly and uh, they have good personnel for that. They have, you know, Jake Somer on defense is an eraser who can take away a matchup. And then they have some really, really good athletic midfielders and some crafty attackmen, so they can put together these, you know, these lengthy possessions and stuff like that. And, um, you know, not quite what Ridgefield did a few years ago, which was, right. you know, they that's that's the ultimate formula, is if you want to beat Darien at lacrosse, the key is don't let Darien play lacrosse. <laughs> you just don't let them have the ball. You don't let them play the game. So, you know, I, I, I think the the strength of Darien is, is not just that they're all, they're skilled and, and they have incredibly high lacrosse IQs, which is the case every year, but they have, and this always seems to be the case, just guys – upon guys upon guys just depth like you wouldn't believe so that when they play a Wilton and Somers out there and he's like all right I'm gonna guard uh, Michael Minicus so yep. Michael Minicus is getting taken away somehow you know that doesn't happen often but somebody manages to do it okay Darian's next five guys are also lethal and I think coach Bramire is like okay you can take him away and here comes the rest of my group and you can't guard the entire midfield line at once. Like, you know, if you can pull Jamison Moore if you want to, but the other midfielders that are out there can run by you and are physical. And um, so they, they always have a formula somehow with their top six on the field. Um, And that's, I think, you know, the, the strength, the other, the other way I think you can try and get to, to Darien a little bit if you're trying to to beat them is uh and and Brunswick did this very well and you know it it ended up working for them they won the game but Darien likes to play their midfielders this year which is not something they usually do they play them on both ends so you see a lot of their midfielders stay on on defense um and not sub you see them play two ends you see them get up and down a few times in one shift and uh as the weather gets warmer I had I had said this a little bit during the prep game I was like Darian's out there at all black unis on a 70 something yeah. degree day and they run their midfielders on both ends. Like, you know, let's see how this goes. And late in that game, you saw some guys getting some run who we hadn't seen get a whole lot of run, not just because the score was getting away, but because, you know, it's, it's time to, take care of your guys a little bit, but uh, take care of your guys a little bit. But against Brunswick, I think, you know, near the end of that game, you saw Jamison Moore looking a little tired. You saw guys, you know, like Finn Picorni looking a little tired and it's tough sometimes to close out. So if you can stay tight with them and, and try and wear them down. Um, I think that's a formula for success against them too. But you know, with, within the state, it's tough to say that i out there. You're going to, they're going to walk on the field and be like, yeah, I like them against Darien today.
1: Yeah. I don't think, I, I mean, don't know if
0: that team's out there
1: yeah no i I, it's, I have a hard time seeing it i was especially struck by the defense just just lethal against uh fairfield prep i mean they were all over the field they didn't look like they got tired i mean i'm looking at my footage again and just you know <laughs> you've guys like Ivanchik and uh you know oliver and just you know it's just just lethal and like you said they put the middies in there like i said that's james i saw finn playing i mean i think yeah. At least yeah. Depth. And
0: Eric Erickson is a ton of fun Erickson. too. Ericson Erickson will take some, put some cause turnovers in the, in the stat book for you. And he will run fast breaks. He's with the ball on his stick. He's one of those guys that's kind of more in vogue at the college and pro level now, which is that defender who will hurt you in transition, who can play some offense. And Erickson can run the ball up the field and will make the right decision, whether it's to shoot and he's a good shooter or start a break and and, you know, make the right pass and get it to an attack that's going to finish. So, you know, the the book used to be way back when, like if a pole is coming and starting a fast break, just don't slide. Just like let the pole who's not that maybe got as good of a handle or, you know, if somebody's going to shoot out of these four guys, we want it to be the long stick, not one of these attackmen. With Erickson, that choice becomes a little harder. Cause he'll, yeah. he'll hurt you. So he's, he's been a lot of fun for me to watch. He, this year.
1: Yeah, he has. He had that great stick check that led to, I think it was a goal that made it sick and six or maybe five. I forget, but he was, he was lethal too. I mean, he's probably their. I mean, I think he's probably their best defender. At least he's, he's the more dynamic of, of them all. He can do a lot of things for you, but, uh, you know, DMOP obviously is DMOP. I mean, you know, he's the best goalie in the state. I think we can all agree on that, but Congrats I, I, to D-Mop.
0: You... he was, he's named under armor all American today. So he'll be in the, oh. in the under armor game. He's in the second wave. So good, good for him. I think he's the first, uh, first Connecticut public schooler to be there. Some private schoolers, but he's the first CT public, school kid i think i'm right about that i hope yeah. i'm not shorting anybody but yeah good look for, a break for a a new, look at you today. breaking a little news
1: here <laughs> for us uh what we appreciate it um you uh, know i the last guy i want to just quickly mention is uh you know brady picorny i mean all the corny's are out there but this kid my goodness um you know obviously hope matthias has been it's been a battle for him to get back from that hamstring but i mean you know y- y- you think that that's the well is ever going to run dry He comes a freshman here he's just so quick with his hands you don't even know when he's going to shoot half the time
0: yeah the freshman being out there for Darien doesn't doesn't happen all that often um it's it takes a lot and it, it you know sometimes it even takes special circumstances kind of to get out there like even you know you mentioned home Mathias even his older brother Case who ended up being you know a number one recruit in America by the time it was done he started as a freshman but Really, like if if Nikki Desenschuk isn't hurt that year and there's some other injuries and other sort of personnel things happening, even Case might not be starting as a freshman. So mm-hmm. like when you when you have a kid who comes in their first year at Darien High School and Jeff has him out there on the field and trusts him to play, um, you know, not just play, but play an attack. Jeff will sometimes work in, you know, the young middies. At uh, at like a defensive midfield role, or you know, as as like a depth midi and get them shifts that way, you know, late in games that kind of thing. But to start somebody at attack at a freshman in Dari yeah. uh, in Darien is, is special, and I think it's also you know a, a credit to 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 Brady has been, he doesn't make too many of the of the freshman mistakes. You know, yeah. I think his his presence in the in the Brunswick game was. Uh, A real testament to his level of maturity this early in his career. He wasn't out there deer in the headlights against, you know, a a top five team in America coming in with, you know, a a defense that's D1 ready. You know, he he was comfortable, scored plenty of goals that day, um, you know, made a lot of smart plays. And, you know, I, I think that's, again, credit to him. That's that's maybe his strength at this point is he doesn't look like a freshman out there much at all.
1: How about, uh, you know, some of the other better kids you've been able to see this year? You know, obviously you talk about kids like you know, the Colesies, whose old man I I, you know, I went to school with. You uh, got to see him play in a national championship uh, a game. Um, but, uh, you know, they're great. Um, you know, Kuyper Hosk, was was uh, tough, tough go for him with the injury. But, you know, who are some of the other guys you like to see? I mean, Kinnett and New Canaan, obviously. And um, some who are the t- some of the top guys that you you'll see and maybe can do some things in this postseason?
0: So, you know, I think I think Canette is a great player. I think he's been a key for New Canaan this year in a, in a year where they don't seem to have a ton of depth. I think he's doing a lot for them. He's asked to do a lot of the lift, and and he's up to it. He's been, you know, a guy who's been on the field for them since his, his freshman year, so I like him a lot. Um, a guy who maybe doesn't get as much pub who I like is, uh, is Bryce Batalios in Greenwich. I mm. really like Bryce as a player. I think he's, you know, like a tall, great change of direction attackman, um, can really give a defenseman whose footwork is not on point problems. He knows how to put pressure on a on a defense. And with his, you know, his ability to go to both hands, it makes him tough to guard as well. Um and I love love staples this year. I'm a little oh, biased because yeah. I had I coached some of those kids as eighth graders um and had a ton of fun with that group. But you know kids like Aiden Best are are monsters on the field. And I, you know, I, I think that team is uh is really ready to make some waves. They've been like they've they've been that team that's just coming for for years and I think this is a group that's going to kind of get them over the hump maybe a little bit and and you know cement them into that upper level a little more where we don't have kind of like that Staples team that comes along and is world beaters and then they have a couple down years and then they're back again I think they can get up there and stay there I think that program. right is
1: reaching the yeah place. the coaches seems really you know really into it and they all kind of rally around him he's he's been a a great I mean Will has been great for them you know, uh, but you mentioned best. I mean, it was ridiculous against uh, Richfield in the second half. And yeah, I know Richfield not, you know, they've been kind of struggling, but no, no face-off guy that's been tough, but Staples has got the face-off guy. They got Henry Dodge and which is for them against Richard was kind of a game breaker, but best when they needed a goal, man, they went right to him. Or if they tried to slide to get to him, he went right to burger or Charlie Howard, it, it, you know, just an amazing player. Um, you know, going to Lafayette and I was just like, wow, I, this is the first time I saw him. I remember when they lost to Darien. you were like, wait till they get be- best back. And sure enough, you know, I, I finally get to see him and I'm like, yeah, I know what Dan was talking about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They lost to Darien. They, they, lo- they were lost by three goals and, and that's with no best who's, who who might be one of their top midfielders, if not their top midfielder and no Derek sale who, who I can tell you will shoot the ball as well as just about anybody. in Connecticut, mm-hmm. the kid's got an absolute howitzer. So, um, you know, to, to play Darien within three goals, hold Darien to 10, too. Darien doesn't stay low scoring against too many people. So, um, yeah. you know, I thought that was a great testament to them reaching that next level. You know, there's, I, I'm sure if you asked Kosciansky, were you happy with it, he's, he's going to tell you, no, we lost. But, um, you know, Which to hang with Darien that, that tightly without some of your best players, I think, is is a, a credit to them for sure. But that's a thing where you
1: hang with Darien without some of your best players. Now you got them. You got their attention. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, that was what Jeff said. They were like, oh, we were flat. We were flat, he goes, no, 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 they're good. And I think Darianne woke up a little bit. Maybe the kids didn't think as much, but which is kind of strange to me, but hey, you know, maybe. Um, let's move on a little bit. I mean, let's, let's talk about a little NCAA lacrosse. I know, uh, you know I've been trying to keep track of all the Connecticut guys. I mean, our guys in the baseball podcast are like, look at all these great players in baseball I and mean, Connecticut's been great in baseball. Well, lacrosse man i mean you, every time i look on tv and watching the, the tournament you know there's always somebody out there who is some of the guys who i didn't get to watch any of the uh the quarterfinals again i was so busy but uh you know who are some of the kinetic guys who have been kind of showing up out there
0: yeah so i mean yeah opening round last weekend and i i think you know the guy who's the talk of the weekend is sam Schaefer, a yeah. waiting guy for for loyola who makes a save that Keeps Loyola's season alive as time's expiring in the fourth quarter. At point blank, just manages to kind of throw his body in front of it. Um, so it's just, I did see that his, Yeah, I did get to he, see that one. But he was he was kind of talk of the weekend. That was the note that the weekend pretty much ended on too. I think that was the last game on yeah. Sunday. So that had people fired up, but that Loyola team, uh, you know, Charlie Toomey has been vocal about the fact that he likes to recruit here in Connecticut and that Connecticut has has been good to him. And I think you look up and down his roster and that's the case. You know, he's got Lindley out there at attack. Mm-hmm. Who's, who's, you know, going to be breaking the scoring records at Loyola. I think uh, Pete Swindell has been, a first line midi for them and has been a contributing player it. for them for pretty much his whole career there and bailey savio has been great at the faceoff x for them in a, in a patriot league that's had some tough players you know lehigh is out there with Sisselberger and connor gaffney and bailey savio gets to go out there against guys like that and and hold his own so um liola is a team where if you want the the connecticut connection up and down that roster coach yeah. loves to recruit here um but other guys you know like unc's got will perry out there who i think uh you know, at, at Greenwich, he was like the do-it-all midi. And then when he got to UNC, he was kind of like, we have lots of Will Perrys already, but this kid shoots really well. So he's out there and he's an incredibly gifted shooter. Um, but now his senior year again, we're back to that like, all right, look at all this cool stuff that Will Perry can do. He can dodge, he can shoot, he can throw, you know, the right pass off the dodge. Um, and he plays with a guy like Chris Gray on their offense. He's he's just going to be money in the bag. So that, and, and that midfield group of theirs, of him, with Tanner cook and, and, you know, and Justin Anderson, like those guys have been together for so long now that they're like, mm. you know, just, just a well-oiled machine. So, um, I think Will Perry was named first team all American this week. If he was, it wasn't first team, he was second team, but he's, you know, he's second on that UNC team in points. So tells you exactly where he stands on a team that's that loaded. Um, and then Ryan O'Connell's on that team as well. You know, O'Connell's another, yeah. I think he's a second line midfielder for them. Who's like, he gets quality burn. They run that many middies deep. So it's not like being a second line guy means he doesn't get on the field much. He's got a good amount of points this year. He's been productive. Um, he's been in the game in key spots. So, you know, he's a guy who they they trust as well. And I think he'll still get minutes. Sometimes teams try to shorten up once you get into the tournament, but I think he's a guy who will still be out there for them. Um, I love watching Will Stevenson at Duke, who's a Brunswick guy um you know he is he's had borderline alex Smith level leg injuries to come back from like his right, yeah. the amount of surgeries and the amount of stuff he had to do to get himself back on the field is is nothing short of insane um and he's out there like looking like his old self like nothing ever happened to him so um you know that kid's an insanely hard worker and the rehab he went through to get on the field is is evidence of that so he's out there with Tyler carpenter who is a Saul's guy he's not a local guy but salisbury is like in connecticut yeah. i guess yeah oh so, yeah um um but the two of them at lsm for duke are, are both are both monsters i think if uh if stevenson hadn't been derailed by by injury a little bit he'd have more of the accolades now i think carpenter is is you know in that all america list as well but stevenson's good enough to be there um Another Brunswick guy is Xander Dixon at UVA. Like we could, we, we could do this. You yeah, go on There's, and on, right. The, these guys are, these guys are everywhere, but Dixon, you know, UVA has got that thing going where they put their starting lineup out and it's six attackmen and three defensemen. And like, that's just how they kind of play. And so Dixon is like another one of those guys who's an attackman who runs out of the box. They run Schellenberger out of the box. They just hit you with attackman after attackman, after attackman. And it's so hard to cover them. They're just going to yeah. smoke shorties all the time. So, um, you know that's that's a lot of fun too and then the only other guy i would mentioned is arden cohen was in darien for a year and arden is is like i don't know if i've ever seen a defenseman play with as high of a motor as as arden cohen has he's just go 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 all the time nonstop, always impacting the play like he's so so good um he'll be he'll be a pro at some point soon i think i, I mean he, i think he might have i it's tough to keep the covet eligibility thing straight yeah, so I, I think he might have one more year that he can stay and play at Notre Dame, um, but after that, I would imagine he is a, he's a pro lacrosse player. Yeah.
1: Who do you like? He, it go ahead. Go ahead. I'm
2: sorry. I believe he, I believe uh, Cohen was a uh, honorable mention All American too. From what I I think I saw that this week. Yeah, the
0: Notre Dame folks hated it. They couldn't believe he was that low. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's always the case, man. You can never please anybody. Who do you right. like in the Memorial Day weekend, Dan?
0: Ah. Uh, well, let's see. Who did I, who did I wind up picking? I think in my bracket, I have Notre Dame going a good way. Uh, I think I have them playing UNC for the title. And I think I have Notre Dame winning. Um, when the, when the preseason was going on, um, what your guy, per- Carcaterra was was telling everybody about how good Q's was or um, yeah. Notre Dame was don't, don't sleep, don't sleep on Notre Dame. Don't sleep on Notre Dame. The ACC is yeah. loaded. All people can do is talk about Duke with their transfers and, UNC with Chris Gray and their loaded offense and UVA has got, you know, Schellenberger off the red shirt and Charlie Bertrand transferred in. And, you know, these teams are so good. And even like the Q's midfield, nobody can guard them. But the Notre Dame was like the same old formula. Like we can face off. Well, we have a ridiculous goalie. We have a ridiculous defense and we're going to work out the rest. And now the rest is Pat Kavanaugh, Who's like, <laughs> you know, top two or three for the Tewart. And I, I have him as, uh, second to Jared Bernhardt, but I, I I don't know if I'm the uh, in the mainstream with that, but you know I, I I think their offense is in a place where it hasn't necessarily been before, where they have this creative force who can do so many different things. And it doesn't look like he's playing within like a, a strict rule set. It looks like he's allowed to just be free out there and, and enable his teammates. And, and he does it so, so well, he's so tough to cover. So um, I really like, really like Notre Dame with, you know, with, with Gallagher and Leonard taking draws with Entman making stops behind a, a defense that can cover anyone, including teams in the ACC. And, um, and an offense triggered by Kavanaugh that, that, you know, has guys who can hurt you um, in a big way. If somebody finds out how they can take Kavanaugh away, nobody's been able to do it yet, but stopping Kavanaugh stops the whole show for them. I think, I don't know who's going to necessarily be the playmaker without him on that team, but um, you know, I, I, I think as long as he's out there, Notre Dame has a shot. Yeah. And not, in yeah. The, not in the eight, seven games anymore. I think Notre wow. Dame can go out there and, and beat you 15, 13 if they need to.
1: Two last questions before we let you go. Number one, is my guy at Syracuse? Is that it for him? I mean, I know the alumni are not happy. It was, you know, we're spoiled when we we went there. Last titles in zone nine, man. What do you think?
0: Yeah, with it's it's Desco's in a in a tough spot for sure. Um, the stuff with Scanlon is is really oh, ugly, terrible, and and really horrible. Good
1: job by um, Peter Durth, Ridgefield, and the, and the rest of the captains standing up for, you know, what they believed in there and and they, they put their foot down. So I I really as a alum and I thought that was great, but tough situation there for him.
0: I I think uh, I think dearth and, and those guys and those players, I think if you asked them, they would tell you that they're behind Desko hundred percent and they want him to be there and they, and they think he's their guy. Um, I think they kind of understood the, the, the title nine situation there kind of handcuffed Desco a little bit and that, you know, the, the the rules are what they are and he wasn't really allowed or legally able to take any action um, against Scanlon as as just somebody who's accused of in a title IX complaint. Um, The criminal charge obviously changed all that. Scanlon was gone pretty much as soon as it came down. So um, it's, it's tough to say if he'll be back or not. I think something that's going his way is that the, the players really do support him. Um, you know, something that's not going his way is that it's, it's basically been reported now that this is pattern behavior for Scanlan. So, mm. you know, people are going to be asking the question, yeah, how why? did you let it, how did you let it get to this point? Yeah. Um, that, that, and, and this, the the team, I think it's fair to say that they underachieved this year. I think yes. in March, uh, I think in, in March and February, the world was saying nobody can guard their midfield and, you know, they're, they're looking okay at attack. They have the best goalie in Drake Porter and, and, um, you know, there's, there's just so many weapons there. How's anybody going to stop them? And then they play their first couple of games and the midfield looks like world beaters, even though they lost to army, the midfield looked great. Um, you know, they hung 20 on Virginia and it was yeah. like, this team can do some things, but over the season, we saw that, you know, Porter is still good, but that defense was, was just, just That's, terrible. Yeah, really. they, you know, then, Porter got hung out to dry a ton. Yeah, And, and the midfield in terms of, if you want to look at like points per game, as good as they are, like, they weren't really scoring more than like Notre Ames midfield, who is not necessarily household names. Like Dobson's a freshman, you know, Jack of Voice is a nice player. There's there's some quality guys there, but were they getting the pub of Dordovic and Curry and Trimboli? Um, no. And then you know, you look at the all ACC team and and the only guys that are on it are Steven Rafus and Brett Kennedy, and the midfield's nowhere to be seen. So um, I think underachievement there is is not helping, you know, I Given the way the season went and the scaling stuff, it wouldn't surprise me if there was somebody new up there. Um, but again, I, I think the players will will try and lobby to keep Desco around for another year, but I don't, I don't know if he's going to make it.
1: We'll see. And the last question, are you gonna, are we going to see you up at the East Hartford uh, that weekend?
0: I don't know. I got to try. It's going to take some magic with the wife, I think. Um, Mm. I don't know if there's enough yard work that I can do between (laughs) now and then to to get the goodwill. You know, I already kind of cashed in my lacrosse ticket. We're going to the the pro lacrosse semifinals in Philadelphia Uh, in, in like early September. So since I'm going to that and she's coming, but since I'm going to that, it's, it's tough to be like, Hey, I need another lacrosse weekend. And by the way, it's from Royal day. So um, I'm going to keep trying the lobby. I'm going to try and do some, you know, more time with the kids and the yard work and try and foster some goodwill. We'll see if it works out. I am uh, not going to be surprised though if I'm on if I'm on the couch. We'll see. That's it sounds okay. like it sounds like they're going to have uh, full capacity though. Yeah, the NCAA they gonna... just dropped it. Just have. Oh, full that's capacity so now, which That's so great. great. That's such a great yeah. place for games too. That makes me so happy that they're going to pack the place.
1: All right, Dan. Listen, great stuff. I appreciate you joining us last minute here. It's been tough to get coaches, you know. And I'm like, let's get a guy who knows what he's talking about because I, <laughs> Lord knows, I don't know all the nuts and bolts. Anywhere close to you, I mean, I, most people can out-talk me on lacrosse. I'm more the hype guy. This team's great, and look at this kid, you know. So anytime you want to join us, maybe for the state championships, to get on or something like that. We'll we'll get you talking again. But yeah, Dan Arrestia, thanks a lot for joining us. You can follow him on Twitter, Dan Arrestia, pretty easy. And then uh, he's on DAF, and you can catch all of his coverage uh, all over the place, uh, you know, inside the cross and lacrosse. Uh, you can Flash. see me on
0: Lacrosse Flash, yeah. Yeah, you'll see my well, we my appreciate. pro lacrosse stuff will be there.
1: Yep absolutely he's all over the place he'd be following it all even if it's from the crack couch dan thanks a lot for joining us we will talk to you very soon i hope thanks very much guys this was fun all right bye so today that was dan arecia who's just that was great you know dan dan uh he knows his stuff and i knew there was a reason why i had to i had to get when i couldn't get a coach you know and i had granite sean and and, and uh, I'm like, well, who can I get? And I remember Dan, I listened to him on DAF and he's just, you know, so knowledgeable I and mean, he played, played in college and he, he, he coached, mm-hmm. I, you know, if you're going to have a podcast, talk about lacrosse, you know, as a sports reporter, it's really hard. I mean, again, I cover all these other sports. I don't know the nuances. And I feel like lacrosse is such a, such a nuanced sport. Sometimes that I, I get lost. So I got to get someone on here more often who can talk the nuts and bolts with me, other than the I, I can do stories and mm-hmm. I can talk about the general stuff, but you know, when you're talking about attacking the midfield line and pull your pulling in and your substitutions, I'll go to Dan every single time.
2: Yeah, what's well, a good t- it's a good time for that too, because you've got the NCAAs going on and you also have um, you know, the state and conference tournaments coming up. So it's yeah. kind of that transition period from the regular season everyday thing to okay, here we go. Here, here's the yeah. spotlight
1: um speaking of conference tournaments let's quickly just run down a few dates here now the secs are actually set as we were doing the interview with uh with dan the secs are now set and uh here they are we have a uh, division one which is six teams you have number five xavier at number four no- this is saturday may 22nd they're going to start mate saturday in division one xavier at n- number four notre dame at 2 p.m i'm sorry it's friday may 21st for that game so Friday, May 21st is number five, Xavier at number four, Notre Dame on Saturday, May 22nd is number six, Shelton at number three, hand hands playing really well uh, of late. So that'll be the first round games, the Fairfield prep and Cheshire get buys and they will play in the semifinals Tuesday at their respective fields. So uh, the Xavier Notre Dame will, winner will play prep at 5 PM on Tuesday, Shelton hand winner will play at number two, Cheshire. And the championship will be Thursday, May 27th at Ken Strong Stadium. Hand is, uh, excuse me, Fairfield Prep is the obvious favorite, but Hand did hang around there. I would not be surprised to see if Hand put up a fight against Cheshire and we could see, you know, one of those two in Fairfield Prep in the final. Division two, kind of a different story. Amity, Amity, we have not talked about much, and I'm going to just throw it out here now. The Coughlins, obviously Jack transferring over from St. Joseph's won a state championship in football. He won a state championship in lacrosse. I think he won another state championship in lacrosse. I mean, three state championship Jack has. His brother, Pat, is a freshman at Amity. He wants to play with his brother. Um, we're gonna have a story on that later on in the weekend. Uh, at some point, uh, we got videos and stuff. We went down to talk to the Coughlins. They're having an amazing season. Amity has never been uh, undefeated uh, in a regular season in lacrosse since it started uh, just a little under 20 years ago. Uh, so, the, obviously, Coughlin's great. They're the number one seed in Division 2 They're playing West Haven. Then you have number three, Sheehan, at number two, Lyman Hall, and the other, the the semi, excuse me, the semifinals are Monday, May 24th. There's only four teams in Division Two, So, West Haven at Amity, 330. Amity doesn't have lights. They have a nice lacrosse field, though. It has a the crown there, which is a little okay. different. But, yeah, it's a grass field, which, you know, I, I don't know in the FCA. I'm like, what is this? When I come back up at my alma mater, Amity. Anyway, number four, West Haven at number one, Amity Regional, 3.30 p.m. Number three, Sheehan at number two, Lyman Hall, is it the 6 p.m. game uh, in on Monday in the Division II semifinals. And this championship game will be Wednesday, May 26th, Ken Strong Stadium, 7.30 Um going oh the fcx not decided yet as we said there's some teams still to figure out and the coaches got to have their meeting to do all their seating and stuff which is just wild they're doing top eight uh not like softball and baseball which everybody qualifies which is to me i didn't know that until today which is interesting but top eight and the boys across monday may 24 we'll have the quarterfinals wednesday may 26 the semifinals at new Canaan and championship at new Canaan, that's interesting excuse me yeah that's interesting dave they're playing at new cannon not mcmahon where they have had the championships forever i guess mcmahon still was kind of figuring out what their policies are going to be post-covid
2: yeah that, that's it they basically wanted to uh um, i spoke to dave schultz uh, the fci commissioner uh last week and he said that they really wanted to find a venue that could um, host the most people, that could allow the most spectators in, because they do want to have, you know, full families and, and friends, and, you know, just anybody who wants to come see them play, they want to have the, um, the capacity to do that, and um, in New Canaan's case, and in the girls' semifinals case, it's w- and Wilton, both of them were willing to accommodate that, so uh, that's why those moved over there. Brian McMahon has been such a familiar site during tournament time for years and years yeah. I mean, they've always had the, the boys semifinals and finals have been there um and uh and and then the state finals are always there so um yeah it's 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 gonna be weird not seeing it there but um you know new canaan's a good venue too for for lacrosse and they have a great team there and you know uh it's a good good place a good place to host it it'll it'll, it'll kind of be rocking there so so to yeah speak.
1: no 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 question it'll be really great good dunningfield's a great place um, in the SWC, we're going to quickly jump over to them. The boys did get started Wednesday, May 19th, New Fairfield, the number one seed, defeated Bethel, 22 to two. No shock there. Thursday, May 20th, that's tomorrow. This when you're hearing this podcast, number six New Milford is at number three Barlow at 5 p.m. Number five Massac at number four Newtown. Probably the most intriguing of the first round games in the SWC. That's at eight o'clock at Newtown. Bloom gold stadium friday may 21st we play the last of the quarterfinals number seven pop rock at number two weston and 10 rank weston semifinals will be monday at the higher seed seven and the championship will be wednesday may 26th at a site to be determined so that is what we're going on in the lacrosse cha- uh, the lacrosse tournaments ecc's got them Still, I'm figuring that out. The shoreline, I believe, has it. Let's take a quick look. Yep, here it is. Semifinals are Tuesday, May 25th. Championship will be Thursday, May 27th in the Indian River Complex in Clinton. You know, I did see one game. Uh, and I didn't get to see a game yet in the shoreline, which I will, will like to do. But H uh, Valley Regional beating HK and OT a few weeks ago was amazing. Um, we put it on our Instagram. I will have to definitely go check out. They've been clamoring for coverage all year. We got to go check those guys out as well. Let's take a quick look at the ECC. Boys across quarterfinals, May 24th. Semifinals, Tuesday, May 25th. Higher and The final will be Thursday, May 27th. So, uh, you know, you're, you class S and and some of you, if you need to go do a little scouting, there you go. Uh, It'll be at Waterford, excuse me, Waterford or Montville, I believe. Um, it could be wrong, but that's how I'm reading it. Um, so that'll be the boys. So, uh, you know, that's we're wrapping up the boys. We'll have that out soon, uh, as soon as they release it, and then uh, let's, uh, let's move on over to the girls. or we'll, Let's bring on our, our guest Kristen Woods of New Canaan, our first girls across coach of ever on the Long Stick Podcast. Joining us on the show is, of course, the 14 year head coach of the new Canaan girls lacrosse team six state championships all since 2010 they're number one ranked in the coaches poll our first girls lacrosse podcast guest none other than kristen woods kristen coach how you doing thank you for joining us
3: uh for having me it's uh very exciting to be here
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um so and what can you say about your season your 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 regular season you're having first of all i mean you guys knock off darianne twice and that's the dream but uh, you're gonna
3: be facing them again down the road right i mean that's so
1: I your so. work is not we, done yet
3: no it's not even close to done we have ward tomorrow and then on friday we have staples and that'll end our regular season and then we go into fcx and the fcx is strong this year I think, um, you know, the one through seven seeds are all right up there and the eighth is right there, but, um, it's an interesting, once we get the, uh, seedings, it'll be interesting to see where the five, six, seven seed lies because staples Greenwich and, uh, Ridgefield have all won or lost to one another. So right. it's sort of a three-way tie for that five, six, seven seed. So, you know, tell us a little bit
1: about your team this year. Um, yeah, uh, it's, uh, you know, did, what did you know that you
3: had coming back? I mean, I, I guess the girls played last summer a little bit, right? Yeah, they played a little bit. Um, you know, I've been really impressed with my senior class as a whole. I have 15 seniors this year. And, you know, not all of them play, uh, but they're definitely role players. And they push each other, you know, not only in games, but at practice. And their leadership has really made a big difference Um, getting this season going. And then during quarantine, um, we had to quarantine for the first week and a half of regular season. Um, We still were diligent in working out without, you know, seeing each other and doing Zooms and film and scouting reports. We didn't stop even though we were sort of separated.
2: What did you, you know, I know you come out of that quarantine First of all, you play Darianne right off the bat, which is just like going right into the frying pan. And then I think it was I think it's 10 games in 17 days and you win them all. And there were a lot of good ones in there. there's Wilton uh, Greenwich. I think Ludlow was in there. Darianne a second time. What, what did you what did you learn about your players, your team during that stretch when they're able to, to pull off all that?
3: They are definitely competitive kids. I mean, everyone, uh, you know, from the kids who are, you know, starters to on the bench, to everybody competes every single opportunity they get. And, and that's what keeps um, getting us to be better and better.
2: You know, I, I look at your team, too, and I, I've, I've looked at the, the hockey season was great. Canadian Girls Hockey wins the FCIAC championship, and you've got girls like McKenna, McKenna Harden, Kaylee Harden, Courtney O'Connell. I know Dylan Patton had a great soccer season and she's just, she's like a maniac on the field right now. She goes, she goes all over the place. How much does that kind of help that that kind of flow from one season to the next when they have success?
3: I, I always joke. I base my success on how the field hockey, soccer, basketball, and uh, ice <laughs> hockey seasons go. Because I encourage the kids to do multisports. I think it's so important for development. It, they're still in high school; they should be playing multisports, um, and it, it makes them a better all-around athlete. And you know, if they're not doing the ice hockey or the soccer um, in the winter or the fall, you know, they they get you know complacent, and it doesn't make them better. So even if they're a role player on soccer, um, I even encourage a lot of kids to run cross country. I think, you know, knowing how to physically push yourself is one of the hardest things to learn as a young athlete. And, um, you know, all those sports definitely help um, with their development.
1: (laughs) That's what Charlie Bentley did when he was the Harding basketball coach. You know, he had him run. He demanded they all run cross country. And, you know, it worked because they would go up and floor. They wanted to play fast paced, you know, and they the other teams were gassed. And they weren't, and you know, the kids hated it, but they still did it and it paid off. (laughs) And you gotta
3: be physically fit. I really do believe movement is medicine. The more like you move around and you know, the more you do, the kids are generally happier. So it does make a difference in their overall wellness, if you will. (laughs) <laughs> I'm throwing my health terms in there. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, do you, what
2: do you think? I mean, obviously you're deep at every position, but what stands out to me is besides the athleticism is just the speed of your team. I mean, it's just these girls, when there's a ground ball, even against the team, that's great. Like Darianne, you guys were all over it.
3: I think, uh, you know, one of the benefits we have our assistant coach Madison Hughes Strauss is um, extraordinary. she, Uh, is always very diligent on conditioning, and she's a personal trainer. Um, So we we benefit quite a bit from her last four years as her being the assistant coach. Um, She's really done a great job with the girls' fitness level.
2: You know, um, looking at your team, too, coming into the year, I know everybody had positions to fill, but goalie, obviously, was a big thing for you guys. And Claire Mahoney, who I think is a junior, and Shay Hobbs, uh, who's a senior, yep. have both done well for you. I mean, what's that dynamic like between the two of them?
3: They are extraordinary. Uh, they are so supportive of one another. They're mm. the nicest kids you could possibly ever meet. Um, when one of them's in there, the other one's cheering for them, and you know they couldn't be happier when each of them make a save. And they they really do a nice job working as a team um, mm. to make our overall program better
2: you know um what i've seen in the fc act this year one of the stories that stood out to me really outside of you guys and darianne being at the top is a team like ludlow this year that's really stepped up and i feel like that team being on the rise and wilton um have been pretty good are those two stand do those two stand out for you right now i know wilton's ranked number three
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, I know a lot of the Ludlow kids, um, they have a really strong group of players that, um, you know, play in club and are also going on to play in college. Um, And, you know, in Wilton, they've got a good core of, there's a small group of seniors. um, And then they have a really strong underclassmen group. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see how they develop in the next few years as well.
2: Yeah, that's one of those ones that could keep kind of
3: perpetuate itself and keep rolling for a while and mary has been there for quite a while i don't know exactly how long but she does an extraordinary job with that program and you know every year they are competing and they're right up there with everybody else
1: yeah coach what, you know, what, coach, what do you um you know what do you how do you see the strength of girls across in connecticut now i mean obviously there it looks like it's picking up in the FCAC. i mean you have guilford out there in the sec and you know, you, you, you played uh, the girl from Glastonbury. I mean, Glastonbury, she's great. She's going to UNC as well. And uh, I thought that was really interesting. It seems like it's, you know, it's making progress. It's a little bit more on the rise. More girls are picking up sticks when they come to the
3: spring. You know, where, where do you see the state right now? It's definitely stronger overall. I think the pandemic hurt a little bit um, with the teams that don't have kids that are playing outside the spring season. Yeah. Um, but it's competitive. Um, the kids that play, um, not only in season season, you know, they, they really do push themselves And our Connecticut teams are getting stronger and, and we compete right up there with the long islands. And, um, we play long middle mass too. They're, they're a really strong program, um, that normally would be on our schedule that unfortunately we couldn't play this year. Um, but, you know, it's always it's always nice to go out of state and uh, be able to see how Connecticut teams compare, and, and we're right up there.
1: Who are some of the uh, you know pl- other players around the state that you know maybe not even just the F-Stack, but the, around the state that you maybe have seen elsewhere, uh, and, you know, that have impressed
3: you, that you know maybe people should look out for, you know, as we head into the postseason here. Um, I did see some film on the Staples kid, Shira. Um, I believe her name is Dave Help me per, out here per hour. Um, is, it? is it per hour yeah, something like that? Yeah, I'm not sure. She, she is one of the top kids I've seen. Um, and then obviously the Glastonbury kid remind me, Dave, I'm sorry. I'm so bad with well, names. Was, I know their
2: numbers. <laughs> that's Sam Forrest number
3: 17. Sam Forrest, yes. <laughs> right. She did very well. Um, and, you know, it's it, up at hand. They had a really strong player and I don't know her name off the top of my head, but um, she was very impressive. She had five goals against us. Well, but I coach uh, 57 kindergartners and 60 second graders. <laughs> <laughs> so That's OK. So I'm, I'm doing the best I can with names at this point. <laughs>
1: That's okay. It's all been kind of a getting to know you type of season, anyway. You know, since we well, in last it. year
3: yeah. not having that season, you know, you didn't see the names as much as you normally would.
1: What What do you expect to, going on to the the postseason here? uh Obviously, FCX. I mean, everyone's going to say Darian and New Can Darian again, and you won by goal both times. Um, which I two you know goals. Dave did Was it the two? two the two the first time. <laughs> That's right. The winner. I just remember the one I put up on Instagram, which is the win eventual (laughs) eventual winner. But Dave, you do a great job with the video, which is, you know, I got to get it. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Um,
1: But, uh, you know, we go to the post. First of all, actually, aren't they playing the FC? Aren't they doing a double
3: header, boys, girls, this year? In New Canaan.
1: Yeah. Look at this.
3: Well, we got to get there first. Right. We got to get there first. And and the semifinals are at Wilton, Mm -hmm. um, which I love. I'm a Wilton grad. So, I uh, I enjoy going back to the Lily Turf Field, um, and then the quarters like we'll we'll host the quarterfinals in Dunning again because we're the um, top one of the top seats.
1: Well, I love the fact that you guys are playing. I mean, I think they should do that all the time. I mean, I don't like this where they you know put. I know the state championships is a little different. You got to cram it all in one day, but anytime mm-hmm. you can get yeah. the boys and the girls in the same field, especially in your case, you know, FCA, yeah, Darian coming maybe. But you know, you pack the place up, everyone's anxious to see it. Well, and Dunning
3: Stadium, Dunning Stadium, because it doesn't have a track around it, is a really good venue. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's right up there, if not the best in the FCAC, I would say. Just because you're so close and onto the field, it's it's great. It's a fantastic venue.
2: The stands are so right on top of you that it really has a cool feel to it. Yeah, it's amazing. I love it. I
1: love it, and I'm glad that you guys are both playing there. we will be able to get to see you.
3: Well, that's we got to get there, <laughs> right? <laughs> the quarter. Well, maybe I'll say it well, not necessarily.
1: <laughs> maybe I'll see you in the stands if you lose. Who knows? But yeah, you know, <laughs> I am getting ahead of myself. I don't want to. I don't oh. listen. We just mentioned all the great girls are going to be playing in the FCA tournament, and then, uh, that there's an uptick. I mean, the freshman from from Ludlow, I think, is great. Um, so we'll see. But you know, yeah. obviously, uh, you know, you you that's the goal: you get there, win that, and then. Next thing you know, you're in the States, and I mean, it's coming up and fast. And the States I mean,
3: will be interesting. The States will be very interesting because there's, you know, upstate teams that have better records than a Wilton or a Darien or a Greenwich or Ludlow. Um, so it's all mixed up with the seeding. So we might see Wilton in the quarterfinal game. Mm, right. Which would that, be- that,
1: that happens in hockey. It happens a little, not as much as boys across as it used to, but – Definitely in hockey, it happens too, where you, teams play different schedules, yeah. and you have a really strong league, and then you kind of get them mixed up, which kind of makes it interesting. Because next thing you know, you'll be playing against somebody else in the in the final. Who knows? I mean, it could be you and Darian in the semis. Who knows? I, I don't know how it works.
3: Yep, but, it could be.
2: That that <laughs> happened. That happened a few years ago. It was a big game. 2018. So, yep. yeah, yeah. And, that, and I we think you beat played Wilton too. Yeah, and Ridgefield, right in the finals, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. That was so. It was FCAC teams all the way. It would be interesting, though, because you've got those teams like Newtown, uh, Cheshire, um, even Glastonbury, I believe, is is Class L. You know, so they have good records in their in their leagues, and they get thrown into that mix. So, you know, those are those are kind of cool ones to see. I guess I guess it's got to be cool the game plan against teams like that that you don't know as well.
3: Yeah, we connect <laughs> with other coaches. I always Absolutely. try and make those connections. Hopefully somebody will help me out along the way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, uh, coach, we appreciate you coming on and giving us a little, a little bit of a scouting report on what's, what's going on. We hope to do this a little bit more and uh, you know, maybe we'll get Lisa on and, uh, you know, see where we are. Uh, we, come state tournament time and hopefully you guys are still playing. We don't know, you know, you never know. That's why we play the games. Right so uh we appreciate you and with on. covid you really never know <laughs> right <laughs> well the good news is i guess everything seems to be relaxing and the fans are getting back i, I mean that must mm-hmm. you must be noticing that right
3: well in new canaan not one positive case in the school system right now
1: elementary well, uh- through
3: high school so that is a big day because yeah, we pop- haven't had that yet this school year so Positivity's really down to day. like
1: one right positivity is down one i i feel like we're getting out of the woods here cdc you know fans coming yep. back uh you know it's been a long slog and uh <laughs> i'm just yeah. glad we're, i'm glad we're outside again i'm getting sunburn. It's the best sunburn i've ever felt in my life
3: <laughs> you and me both <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's right you look like you have the irish skin like me but oh
3: yeah
1: <laughs> absolutely a lot of
3: sunblock on today
1: Oh yeah, I've been I've been carting it around with me because I know I've been indoors all year long and it's just been a real pain. So, uh, but yeah, 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 Anyway, but that Kristen, thank you so much for joining us. You were great. Uh, We hope to do this a little bit more often, and then we get to the finals, and uh, you know, we'll see at the if you get to the finals, we'll see at the F. If not, you'll be there anyway. So right, I I don't know. Oh yes, I will. So there you go. You got (laughs) to thank you very much, John. Oh absolutely. Thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll we'll do this again soon.
3: Good Thanks luck Kristen. the rest of the way. Great.
1: Thanks so much, Dave. Dave, that was Christian Woods. And uh <laughs> she she was awesome. I, I I have not been able to get out to a girls' game I and mean, you do such a great job. Why would I? I mean, you know, we 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 all of that stuff. But uh uh Kristen was great and uh,
2: I, I love some of her insider sense of humor as well. Yeah, you know she and she she's done such a good job there with that New Canaan program. When when she came in, um, and it's, this is going back about fourteen years, I think we determined um, when uh, when when she came in, New Canaan was a was a very good program, but they didn't have the same consistency from year to year that they have now. And now they're just a state contender, and every year, and um, they're the one they're the one team in state that consistently gives. Darian or run for their money um you know and, and really now when either one of them beats the other one you can't say it's an upset you know it used to be that Darian would just beat everybody and you know it would be the you know it was an upset if somebody even played close with them can't you know McCain and Darian are just on, a, on an elite level right now and um you know not not to jinx anybody but I, I just I see them as being the FCAC and and class L finalists and uh and just let it go see what happens.
1: Yeah, it's definitely Darian's going uh, to be looking to get him back. Like, like we said, two really close games. The other one was – one of them was an OT game. He had a two-goal game and the other one. So mm-hmm. that should be a fascinating. Girls lacrosse in the FCA uh, will start Monday, May 24th. Quarterfinals at the Higher Seeds. Wednesday, May 26th is going to be at Wilton times TBA. Friday, May 28th is going to be the finals at New Canaan at a time. TBA, I don't know whether they're going to do the boys first or the girls first. I mean, are you, you've been hearing that they might go boys first, then girls.
2: Yeah, they could do it either way at this point. Um, that, that was the talk. Uh, they might go the, girl, uh, the boys first. I, I believe they had the times at like, I want to say either 4.30 and 5 or 5 and 7 o'clock. Um, so it could be in either order. Um, I think if the boys went first, the boys games are usually slightly longer, so you'd need a little more time. Between games, um, so it might be like a four thirty-seven or even a five start. You know, um, if the girls went first, you just have a shorter period of time between games. In the SWC, which also got underway tonight,
1: we have number one Newtown facing oh, Lucy. Number one Newtown faced number eight Brookfield. Thirteen to one was the final there thursday may 20th which is today when we were publishing the podcast number five weston at number four massac 6 30 number six pop at number three new fairfield 4 30 number seven stratford at number two barlow at 7 p.m and the semifinals will be tuesday may 27th fifth at the higher seat the championship will be tba but thursday may 27th at 7 p.m in the swc the secs are also set the sec girls across are set we haven't really talked about them much but i think we, we will next week uh saturday may 22nd at the higher seas you have number six in division one because they two do it by division there division one number six mercy at number three hand at noon number five laurent hall at number four brantford 11 a.m semi-finals brantford Laurel winner will be at Maddie epke and number one guilford at 4 p.m and Daniel Hand, Mercy winner, will be at number two, Cheshire, another good, great one, at 4 p.m. The final will be 5 p.m. Thursday, May 27th, at Kent Strong Same. That's another league that uh, also plays their boys and girls back-to-back, they, they which is a great job by the SEC. In Division Two. quickly, number four, Lyman Hall, in the semifinals at number one, Amity, 5.30. Number three, Sheehan at Sacred Heart Academy, 4 p.m. Monday. And then the championship, only a four-team draw, Wednesday, May 26th, the first game at Ken Strong Stadium, at 5 p.m. What can you tell us real quick? We're running out of time here, Dave. It's been an action-packed mm-hmm. show. What can you sure. tell us about Guilford Cheshire in the SEC?
2: Yeah, it's, it's been interesting. Guilford, I feel like they – well, they have they have Maddie Epke, first of all. and <laughs> um, But they also have – you know, it's it's there's a, um, a freshman girl, I believe, Peyton Roop, who's been scoring a lot for them. And she's not a name we knew coming into the season – Um, you know, uh, they, they had, they had, um, well, they had Epke and they had Hannah Tillier who's there and the goalie Sidney Widlitz was with them when they won the SEC championship a couple of years ago. Um, but this, you know, you get a freshman that comes in on top of what they already had. And you see things like, I believe they beat Cheshire, they've beaten Cheshire twice this year. And I believe last week it was 17 to three, if I'm not mistaken. So that they really, really handled them. And Cheshire's a very good team and, and they are typically an SEC contender that's, they were the favorites in 2019 when Guilford beat them. And, um, you know, so that could be your final match. I mean, it's the one-two. They're the one-two seeds right now. Um, Cheshire, of course, has has Taylor Warburton, who's having a great year, and um, Reagan Bailey, who's who's had a great season. I believe she hit her 100-gold milestone a, a few weeks ago. Um, and, you know, so that that's probably, when you look at it on paper, obviously, one-two, that could be the, the finals matchup. But so far, Guilford has really handled um, all comers. The only, in fact, the only games they've lost is when they've gone out and they've gone to the FCIAC and -hmm. they lost the 12-11 overtime game to Ludlow, who's another team I I was at that game and both of those teams looked really good and have a lot of good young players. And um, I believe Guilford's other loss was to Staples, which is a very good FCIAC team also. And, um, you know, so, you know, Guilford, Guilford's like, Guilford out of the top eight in the poll, Seven of them FCAC teams, and then Guilford's in there, and yeah. um, you know, so that's the that's the team that could, you know, that that's a team that will probably, I mean, they're, they're the SCC favorite, and they're they're really the favorite to win Class M too, because they're not mm-hmm. going to run into that those FCAC schools or even Cheshire in, in Class L.
1: Oh well, Cheshire's probably like, well, what what the heck do we have to do to get yeah. out of here, you know? But that, listen, it, it, listen, the FCAC rules the clock. Rules, lacrosse. We all know that. Um, kind of followed quickly by the SWC, but the SEC is kind of right there. The Guilford, like the Fairfield prep right now. I mean, but listen, Cheshire's been there too, so Guilford depends on who's good that year, who has players. Uh, so that'll be interesting. I do know that the ECC will also be doing girls lacrosse quarterfinals on that for May 24th. Tuesday, May 25th, this semi the higher seats in the final. Montville Waterford, either either. Thursday, May 27th. So, Jam-packed show. We're running way over budget on time here. Dave, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Uh, great stuff. We'll probably get you about. We're gonna get you on again. So, so keep mm-hmm. keep your dates, and you know, we'll get some more. Uh, we'll maybe we'll get Guilford. Maybe we'll get Newtown. You know, we'll find some other. You well, know, obviously Lisa's got to be on there too. I, mean, I don't know how much time we got left. We only got three weeks left, right? So yeah, uh, it
2: moves fast. Moves very does fast. It move
1: fast. So four. Dave Stewart was great. His debut on Game Time CP Pod. Well, is it your day? I don't even know. <laughs> your, have you been on a podcast yet, first, Dave? I,
2: I don't think I've been on since my HAN network days. No, so there I think, you go. Well, welcome, Dave. It's been too long. we got to do this I, more often. I had a blast. It was great. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for,
1: to Dan Aresti who joined us. Thanks to Dave Stewart, who uh, was my co pilot this week. Thanks to uh, <clears throat> thanks Kristen Woods and Buchanan giving us a little interesting uh, giving us a little info on the girls side this has been the long stick podcast and it's been a long one thanks for joining us we will talk to you next week